we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Welcome to 2024 America Out Loud Pulse. We are honored to be with you again this year. And uh, in so doing, Jordan, I think it's uh, a good good time to start the year by inviting those who have been deceived, who have bought in, maybe even been a part of all the lies that have brought such death and destruction the last four years. But uh, I think this is the perfect time for uh, us to encourage them to uh, not just a New Year's resolution, but a new approach to life that focuses, it's unafraid of the truth. And um, I'm very optimistic that if we will all do that, we uh, the best days of our country are ahead of us. Yeah, I think when I think of the last, I guess it's going on four years now. I mean, it was four years uh, to around this time that I think Anthony Fauci was trying to cover up um, what was the truth about where uh, this certain virus had come from and then uh, what was actually useful and how things could be done about it. They were uh, actively trying to cover the tracks that might have led them back to them being involved. So um, it is crazy to think that in four years uh, with all that has been um, released and all that has been seen that there's still, at least in our community, Stuart, um, some people that can't really admit to the deception. I I think most physicians understand that there was deception. Um, I think most of them are, at least either say, hey, I really never dealt with that, so it's not really my issue, or they say, I knew it all along, or, um, you know, then there's some people like, uh, you know, the guys with concerned doctors, those kind of things that were openly speaking um, out against it. Uh, I think one of the things that's important about truth is truth has to be um, voiced. It has to be openly, well, the classic thing you would say, let it just let it free. Truth has to it, it doesn't need to be um, put behind a, a firewall or anything like that, because once it's out, uh, the truth really does its own talking. But we need yeah. clarions of truth, people that are willing to speak truth, even when it's either inconvenient or embarrassing. I think that's the other thing. I think very few uh, politicians, at least. Uh, are cut, you know, even I would say Ron DeSantis is probably a good example of somebody, even he has a hard time, uh, saying that what he did initially was, <laughs> uh, was tough. But then again, I mean, it's easy to blame somebody else for the information, but, uh, it's though we need people like him at least that come out and say, look, I was wrong when I looked at it myself. And you know what? The second that I realized it was wrong, I made sure that I corrected myself. Yeah, he by far and away in our country has been, and to me, the best political leader, along with a couple of uh, congressmen and senators, uh, that have been unafraid to challenge the narrative. And um, that's good. And more and more, of course, are coming on board with the lawsuit by uh, the Texas Attorney General against Pfizer and the other ones for their deceptions. 
the truth is coming out, and the wonderful thing is uh, the majority, large, large majority of Americans uh, uh, are on our side. Less than 5% have taken the new uh, COVID shots, uh, the newest version. Um, and it's tragic. A lot has been revealed uh, about who we are. And a patient a couple of weeks ago, uh, it's been a long time since a patient asked me this, said, well, why are you keeping on doing this? Um, and I think it goes to the fact that uh, the people in charge that, have, that are still killing people and hurting people and destroying lives and are prepared to, in May, with the WHO seeking to take complete control of humanity, they're... They, these maniacal people, people who ha- have no desire for truth or love, uh, they're just craven uh, people that don't care about humanity. Um, and I sadly have to point the finger at those that are in public health for the large part. They have failed so miserably. But um, the reason is, one of the main reasons is what uh, Desmond uh Matthias Desmond speaks of. He's a uh, psychologist out of uh, Holland or wherever, and he's written for his whole career on how did Germany in the 1930s, uh, how did they, a very sophisticated culture, turn to the insanity that they did? And he said the answer, Dr. Dr. Matthias, yeah, Desmond Matthias, yeah, I think I got it backwards. Matthias Desmond, he, every time he speaks, whether it's before Congress or uh, parliaments or in his podcast, he always says the only answer to it is the people, once they see the truth, they have to relentlessly speak it. They have to, we have to relentlessly challenge the narrative of those, the, the narrative of those who have done such, who continue to do such damage. Um, the fraud, the anti-science. I call them the pro-COVID crowd, and we're the anti-COVID tr- crowd. I think that's as fine a description, sadly, as there is. But we have to speak the truth. That is the challenge of our era, because if nothing has been more clear in the last few years than that the truth is being, um, they're attempting to silence it, uh, threatening people with it. Uh, it is continuous. It is incessant, yet we're winning. Uh, the Trusted News Initiative that started in May of, that said on December, correction, December 10th of 2020, right before the rollout of the vaccines, that they would, quote unquote, protect the vaccines. Truth be damned, in other words. And boy, have they done a good job to the death of millions. Uh, an injury of hundreds of millions. But the reality is uh, our invitation today to start the new year is to uh, invite those who have not been on our side uh, to please stop, pause, take a, let the new year be a time of uh, reevaluating the fundamentals. I remember the classic story of the famous coach uh, Lombardi, every at the start of every uh, summer practice, the first practice he brought all the people 
trying to make the uh, team in a room, and he held up a football, and he said, this is a football. you got to start back with the basics because we have fundamentally abandoned them in the uh, health professions in, uh, in the developed world. Um, it's uh, really tragic, and so the, the fraying social fabric is finally ripped. And yeah, the only way I think, back I think to the is, equivalent in medicine would be a doctor bringing a human in front of you and saying, this is the patient. This right. is who you serve. Right. Um, and I think that's the exact same thing. That, that needs to be readdressed. Like, we, need, we need that reminder. I still need it every day. And all of us sure. are in some, in some sense selfish. I mean, that's just part of human nature and a sinful nature. But uh, right. it is, uh, it's fun to be reminded often that we are blessed and really privileged to be able to serve and care for people. That's what makes us such a sovereign yeah. profession. Yeah. And um, the problem is, is what they want to do is take that really amazing privilege that we have and turn it into a route, um, you know, musty uh, protocol that takes no um, care for life. It doesn't uh, value people as individuals or, and doesn't uh, account for all the uniqueness that every person that walks in front of us has. Yeah. Yeah. That's never taken into account because uh, public health in becoming public enemy number one has lost its, uh, lost its uh, focus on the fundamentals. Um, The human, This is the human uh, that was created in God's image. That's who we are. That's why we have value. And uh, to treat us as cattle that will be uh, shoved into this block or that block, um, what they're seeking to do in May with the WHO enable that will this they're voting on all these countries representatives are voting whether to give WHO the freedom to destroy ours. Completely, and it's uh, that's what they've been on. The, the people that have been complicit with COVID for the last four years, make no mistake about it. We invite you to get off the train, uh, the dumb train, the stupid train, the evil train. Jump off, get off. It's headed to hell, and uh, come and accept the truth because uh, it is a wonderful, freeing place to be. As the Bible tells us, uh, the truth will set you free. But uh, for those who have been on the other side of this, you cannot deny that the insanity is uh, destroying the culture. Whether it's a man is a woman or a woman is a man, if they want to be, to mutilating children for rich gains of a few, uh, reading porn to children is okay. The, <laughs> The big stuff like the economy tanking with $35 trillion in debt, uh, inflation where the cost of uh, an average Christmas meal just went up 30% in the last three years. Um, the military uh, is in complete utter chaos. We were, just, we were just attacked in Jordan, and nothing's being done about it, just like the Mohammedan are doing all over the world again. Uh, it's very uh, it's insane what the U.S. military and weakness, our weakness invites more um, 
it, it invites those who don't want us to uh, prevail. It invites them to attack us more and more and more. It always has, always will. It's in human nature that that's the case, and it's the case in geopolitics. Um, the plummeting church attendance, uh, since especially the closing of the churches, some of them paid to do so during COVID. Uh, the, jack, uh, the lack of Judeo-Christian political leaders and church leaders not calling them out into account. Um, all these things, uh, for the first time in 2017, for the first time, uh, more children in the United States are uh, raised by a single parent, not two parents. Uh, the deaths of despair that have skyrocketed in recent years, especially during COVID. And, of course, the mainstream media's failures, like I mentioned earlier. All and of this again, is, uh, I think they will all go back to one thing. All those things at their core are lacking what is true. Correct? Yeah, they hate it. They hate the truth. That's right. Yeah. And so if without truth, without the other thing is without truth, without having an understanding of what is what is real, what is not counterfeit, what is not made up, what is not is um, you know, without without having that you can be deceived. And I think that's it's why our churches were so easily deceived by Francis Collins and his, right. uh, you know, his, his, uh, his sweet talk of how to keep your uh, church uh, safe. Um, you know, for the world, you know, for our, the world's pastors to need to listen to Francis Collins on how to keep, keep them safe um, is, is, is in itself laughable. Um, and then he admitted it earlier this month. He admitted that he was wrong. Yeah. Uh, the masking, the social distancing, all of this. Yet he was, uh, he was just so. Uh, he was the so, biggest purveyor of it. That's right. That's right. And he, and they knew they didn't know the truth. They knew they were lying because they because uh, evidence for centuries now. They went against uh, uh, pandemic like Jay Bhattacharya in the Great uh, Barrington Declaration explained to them once again. Wait a minute, you're avoiding uh, generations. Um, of health, public health policies by doing these stupid things. He was complicit with it. I certainly yes. hope he, like the rest of them, repent because they're going to burn and, in hell and, for and, all and, of all people that, and of all people that knew that, it was them. That's um, right. And they've admitted it. The, the yeah. Scarf Lady yeah. uh, in yeah. her book tour a year or two ago. Uh, yeah. an, Instead, they were, using, they were using deceit to manipulate, which... There's another person that I think in the Bible uses that often, correct? The great deceiver. Yeah, the great deceiver. Yeah. Um, and if, before we wrap up this segment, for those who have not been on our side, and we would encourage those who have been following us, we thank you. Please continue to share the truth. But invite uh, those who have been on the other side to listen to this segment, because uh, here are some tips for them. There's a wonderful web. We're going to give a couple of websites that they need to be, uh, if they haven't uh, heard of them by now, there's no excuse for it in a way. But uh, FLCCC.net is a wonderful, Foxtrot Lima, Triple Charlie.net is a wonderful website for treatment of the injuries from not just COVID and the vaccines or the shots, of course, but uh, RSV and the flu and other things. It's just a one, just living healthy. Wonderful videos and and discussions on that. 
And then, uh, to me, the best source of uh, honest, uh, unadulterated uh, evidence for different agents in order to look at what might be available, what might be a good option throughout all of this has been uh, the C19study.com. It is a wonderful repository, daily updated, of over 40 different agents and all the studies around the world that have been used to uh, determine their their benefit or not thereof. Epic Times has had has been the champion in the mainstream media realm. To me, they have been the champion by far and away of the best uh, uh, reporting on the truth about COVID. And then, Jordan, you told me about one I wasn't familiar with. Yeah, it's just there's a the some investigative journalist called the U.S. Uh, right to Know, um, which is actually they're fairly responsible for all the FOIA requests uh, to our health agencies to allow us to understand what's going on at the NIH, the FDA, the CDC. And it doesn't just cover COVID origin. It covers things like other, uh, you know, agents that we, health issues, uh, uh, a lot of different stuff that I think, um, you know, for for better or for worse. I mean, I'm not a, I'm somebody that is kind of open-minded, but I, I think the government, especially in the medical industrial complex, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of deceit. Uh, there is a lot of, um, backdoor dealing and there's a lot of, uh, you know, <laughs> revolving doors in agencies of who gets, who gets rich after they've held a position there. And it's interesting to follow. And I think that's yeah, useful yeah. too, because a lot of times these agencies have high minded slogans and high minded supposed values. But at the end of the day, they're people and people uh, without um, good guidance and good counsel, um, as well as humility, uh, are always going to be self-seeking. Yeah. And, um, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't. We're kind of biased. But the best source for uh, information about COVID for the last couple of years would be none other than what you're listening to today, America Out Loud Pulse. Uh, Dr. Jordan Vaughn, and I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley on iHeartRadio, always one beat ahead. We look forward to sharing with you on the other side of the break. And please don't forget, you can email us your questions. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use CoFixRx because it works. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. 
Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. America, I'm out Pulse, uh, Heart Radio with, with Dr. Jordan Vaughn. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley. And what we like to do each week is uh, try and go through some of the newest data, newest uh, articles, uh, whether they're preprint or published uh, articles. And um, Jordan, you have become really the guru in the United States for blood clots and things that uh, really, when you get down to it, it's a, va- it's a vascular problem that leads to so many of the other symptoms, uh, so many of the symptoms and injuries. And um, uh if you wouldn't mind, for people that might be new, if you could give a quick, maybe a one-minute review of how you got to be the expert in all of this. And then let's talk about this Nature article. Yeah, so the honest truth is, um, I guess I was pursuing an understanding of COVID, what was going on. Obviously, in the acute phase, what we found very early, um, and is one of the reasons, obviously, that uh, the what we would call prevailing treatment at the time didn't work was that a lot of the uh, hypoxia, which is a fancy word for saying lack of getting oxygen from the environment into your blood was coming not from the typical causes of hypoxia, which could be uh, that your airways themselves weren't allowing the air to interface. Instead, it was the actual uh, parenchyma or uh, vascular bed of the lung was getting clogged and, uh, having endothelial changes, which is a fancy word for the inside of the vessel. And so once we kind of got it, you know, under our belt, you did too, Stuart, when we were treating people in the acute COVID, uh, we saw a lot of people get significantly better by putting them on the right regimens of antivirals, anti-inflammatories, and anticoagulants, and we kept them out of the hospital. Um, But what we didn't realize is there was this whole other phenomenon going on, and a lot of other people uh, that was the exact same thing, but it wasn't as relevant to an acute phase, meaning these people didn't necessarily have the worst COVID you had ever seen. A lot of them were young and healthy. But the second that they tried to return to their normal activities from their sickness, and a lot of people would describe it as mild, um, they couldn't return to their normal activities. And uh, that's what we would have called now what I call post-acute COVID uh, or post-acute sequela of COVID. Uh, They give it a name, long COVID. Long COVID, I feel like, is a little pejorative because they've kind of made it that way. Um, But in a sense, what we found was that this was a continuance of the same pathological processes. Um, And And, and Jordan, if I could just interrupt, you're making a great point right here. your our mainly your inquiry your your thinking your ability to uh, reason has led to great success in treating patients whereas the top journals in the world talk continue even last month we reviewed one they continue to review uh, review or study and show that their methods of treating these long injuries 
are not having any impact on patients. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. So I'm not just trying to toot your horn, um, but but it's the reality that millions of people are suffering with that these people in these major universities get a, that are getting huge funding to uh, funds to do these to treat these types of patients, they admit over the past year or two that they're having no success. Yeah. But and here actually, you are in Birmingham, Alabama, the epicenter for this whole um, um, mitochondrial or, or blood vessel injuries that are leading to so much of the problems. Yeah, and a lot of it's just been learning. The other thing is, I think the most important thing is, uh, is learning from patients. So utilizing, right. and you know this too, utilizing people that were sick, learning from why certain people got better quickly, even though they were severely ill. One of the big changes was when we would use things like anticoagulants, like a Pixaban or uh, aspirin, uh, those people seem to improve better than people that weren't that sick. And so that made a difference to say, well, what's going on there? And I think that's one of the things we've also left out of medicine. We wait for the statistician and the NIH to really tell us, um, you know, when things work or not. When we have eyes, we have senses, we have our brains God gave us, and we're pretty capable of making conclusions on our own. And, you know, then once we do that, we can start testing larger cohorts. But I will tell you, you can, you can put, if, if you're a thinking person, a person that's in pursuit of understanding and pursuit of truth with your patients, you can learn a lot from them. Um, I was actually uh, talking to, so one guy that's sending me patients now is Dr. Robert Redfield. And he was the former head of the CDC. And um, it's a very weird relationship that I'm learning a lot from him, but he's learning a lot from me in terms of how to treat the microthrombotic issues or the microclotting issues. But um, he was, it's kind of funny when he was talking because his history was with um, a, a lot of with HIV back in the late 70s and early 80s. And he said, Jordan, you know, the this is it's going to sound pejorative, but it's not. It's like the gay doctors figured it out early. Like they're the ones that learned how to treat this because they didn't have an option other than to try to help. And not that I wanted to be called, you know, but it, it, um, it, it was in the same way. He's like, you know, it's being in the midst of these people learning from them that treatments using your brain will come to fruition. And he says that's that's where that's where the movement's going to be. And that's 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 been this way with a lot of diseases. And I was. Um, yeah, and and I've had countless patients who have told me of family or, or family or have read stories. I mean, countless times in the last four years where doctors would not even go in the room, in the emergency room or else in the hospital. They wouldn't even go into the room to see the patients. They would speak to them through a phone or through a, through the doorway. They'd stand in the door. They had no desire to engage the patients. Yeah. It's just the most freakish and thing you could I could have ever imagined. You could almost see it in the same way. I mean, they were, you know, back in yeah. the seven, late 70s and 80s, these men dying of an unknown virus at the time. I mean, they were they were kind of the pariah as well. It was, oh, well, I don't know what you have, but stay away. You know, I feel like that most of the long COVID or vaccine-injured patients I see, that's how they're treated. They're either told that they're they're crazy or I don't, I can't help you get out of here. And both yeah, of those for, are. 
Yeah, you're you're going to go through this uh, study from Nature magazine, and uh, the CPKs, the the enzyme that's left when there's breakdown of muscle for for people who don't know, when the CPKs weren't elevated between the control group and these people. So, uh, what these doctors in the um, that are so lost in this. Well, if it's CPK's normal, well, the patient must be lying to me, in effect. Exactly. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, and that's another thing that I actually I find. That's what I, why I like Dr. Redfield uh, probably better than I would ever like Fauci if I've ever met him. Uh, Dr. Redfield says, believe the patient. Um, you know, most, <laughs> most patients, you know, there, there might be one in or less than one in a hundred that they have some secondary gain. But most people don't like being ill um, and they don't yeah. want to waste their time to come see you uh, just for fun. Um, so they're, you know, for the most part, again, there are some very, you know, very minimal exceptions, but if you live your life thinking that everyone is that exception, you're not going to be a good doctor and you're also not going to learn much. You're going to be completely, you know, you're not going to be able to understand diseases as they are um, yeah. because people have diseases, not textbooks. Right. Um, so, so the uh, so within that, we, we started to understand that there was this, you know, again, very active, very healthy people. Uh, and a lot of the people that I see, I mean, one guy ran a four minute mile, uh, can't run a mile at all anymore. One's a you know college track star. Some of them are a lot of these people are very elite athletes. And then they can't they're they're stuck in bed or they're stuck being able to basically walk up the stairs, but even if they do that, they get short of breath. And that's pretty hard to fake. Uh, not only that, most of these people are pretty type A, uh, very like extreme in terms of their, I mean, they, they work out a lot, they work hard, they're smart, they have, they're higher achievers. Um, they're, they're not people that you would have typically think that are malingering at all, yet they're treated as that in our health system right now, which is just uh, blows my mind because if you talk to and learn about these people before they got sick, you go, well, heck, I mean, that's, be- that's a better time than mine never was in high school. You know, I mean, these are people that are very healthy. So that's why this is so important is because what they found in this study uh, was that these muscle abnormalities are, uh, they worsen after um, post-exertional malaise. So what they did basically is had uh, again, even within the community of long COVID, this was kind of a a, uh, a, a study that some of them look negative on because most all of them know, and you know this too, Stuart, they will tell you that if they push beyond this threshold, they oh, yeah. will crash. And when they, they crash, it, it is miserable. And no they will be in for days. Yeah, for days. And so most people would say, well, that just doesn't make sense. You just probably are out of shape. Well, these people aren't out of shape. The other thing is the metabolic changes that are present, as well as the amyloid, the presence of amyloid fibrin or amyloid deposits in the muscles increase. Uh, and then there's also um, a different type of muscle tissue here where it becomes more glycolytic as opposed to what we would call uh, your typical um, you know, response. So the, the type two fibers end up going toward more of a... Um, kind of a fast twitch muscle uh, that weakens quicker and becomes glycolytic. So here's the cool thing about this was it gave a lot of um, validation to people 
that were suffering this way. Now, exactly what does all this mean? That's where the start is from now. So from this study, they, they took a number of people that were healthy and then a number of people that had long COVID. They exposed them to exercise. They got muscle biopsies before. Then they got muscle biopsies after. So not only were the muscle biopsies before abnormal or that compared to the normal, but after an, a day, the day after they exercised them, uh, they became even more abnormal with metabolic disturbances and then uh, also changes in the actual muscles themselves. And then they had a bunch of infiltration of amyloid, uh, which is just kind of weird. I mean, again, exactly what's going on there. Uh, one of the things that was interesting about the study that a lot of people are, are overreading is they were like, well, it doesn't look like there's microclotting or amyloid deposits in the capillaries, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean anything because the problem was if you look at the actual study and look at how they prepared it, they washed right. everything out of the capillaries, okay? Because because there wasn't any there wasn't any red blood cells in the capillaries, but the conclusion wasn't well. There's no red blood cells, so they're just anemic. That's why it doesn't make sense. So, uh, some people are reading it as, um, but it is it is interesting to me that a lot of this junk stays around. So one of my theories and a theory that I like uh, um, have really kind of gone with, as well as uh, have had a lot of people helped in the context of it is venous congestion or venous disease. So one of the things that I think is happening in a lot of these people is you are able to maybe get um, blood down there, oxygenated blood, but the actual pathological blood, the venous blood isn't getting away from it. So you have venous congestion, which is a fancy word for saying the old blood's taking up where the new blood should be coming in and not letting the new blood do its job. Um, and so that's one of my theories. But again, I, I've got to get a little bit deeper in term, terms of the metabolics here. But that, that could be the reason that the muscle is so different afterwards. But to me, this is a good study because it validates everything we're seeing. But me and you, Stuart, based on just talking to people, could have told you, I could have told people that the muscles are going to be different, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because if you believe people, their symptoms don't don't necessarily lie. So, And on top of that, we were willing to look at evidence that wasn't being forced to us by the elites, CDC, Trusted News Initiative, and the like. And we could tell that people were not following the timeline they were supposed to be according to those people. They were, you know, they were sick and they were continuing to be sick. And lo and behold, if you look into it, it didn't take me any time in 2020 to realize that the spike protein is dangerous to body tissues, to every type of cell in our body. Yep. And lo and behold, we gave people a shot that caused them to produce an unlimited amount of it for an undetermined amount of time. It's just, it's boggles the mind that these people would, um, that people could deny while the patients that are sitting right before them are suffering. There's no way they could, they, they've been able to accept um, the obvious right in front of them. These spike proteins are toxic to every type of cell in the body. Yeah, and they are designed to be something that is very hard to clear. Um, the more that I get into the depths of U.S. right to know and see what the purpose of the spike protein was and why they were uh, masking it, in a sense, to your innate immunity. And innate immunity is your body's ability 
to kind of get rid of things just at first glance. It's kind of, I would call it the, you know, the lock on your door or the alarm system that goes off really quick and makes the criminal run. Um, but when you disguise things, uh, which is what a lot of the tinkering that was done in the Wuhan lab with your tax dollars, um, allowed this spike protein uh, to not only be pretty darn good at attaching itself to something that's all over your lungs and your vasculature, but doing it in a way that uh, bypasses pretty much all of your uh, locked doors and, and, you know, preliminary alarm system. Instead, you know, it's, you know, by the time your body actually deals with it, your the wood in your floors is rotted out. That makes yeah. sense. So, um, it, that that's kind of how I like to describe it, but that that's the that's the interesting thing is is it's it's a, it's a vascular disease. The pathogen is definitely the spike protein, uh, and without that view um, of understanding, first of all, the spike protein is the pathogen, but also that the vascular consequences of it. The spike protein has a lot of other consequences too. Immune, it has yep. a lot of immune mimic, mimicry. It causes a lot of autoimmune dysfunction. Um, and it makes your body attack itself in many ways because it mimics a lot of things uh, and can make these antibodies that are not good antibodies. But that is at its core the issue. And the problem is, is our establishment, like you said, Stuart, has uh, come up with a solution to this thing as, hey, let's just give our body instructions to make more of it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so... Well, and, and, and I would say, yeah, well, that's where that's why the that's where the blind spot comes from. I think that's why yeah, until, yeah, until the yeah, academy agrees, problem. yeah, until the academy understands that the spike is the problem, uh, and they, I think they do. But the problem is it's such cognitive dissonance because if they say that, then they have to deal with the fact of what we just previously talked about. That why are we giving it? Why are we giving it? in droves and instructions to make it to everyone in the world. Yeah. It's, uh, everything they've done has been wrong. And, um, and to your point that they, I mean, I think that this, this paper is valuable. It, it tells many mechanisms at the cellular level, the biochemistry, if you will, but um, you just cannot ignore what your forte is, uh, Jordan. And that is, the lack of oxygen to cells in the body, especially the skeletal muscle cells, in a short amount of time after exercise, will suffer as a result. I mean, yeah. it's just common sense. The body has to have oxygen, and the blood vessels give it to them. Yeah. And not only that, I always make the point, blood vessels get oxygen to your tissues. They also get rid of the, yeah, that's right. You, know, the, the, you, you have to have the veins. I've, one of the things that I've learned in the last year is how important the veins are. Like our sewage yeah, system, yeah. in a sense, the lymphatics yeah. and the venous system. If those aren't working, you're not going to show up at the ER that night, but your life will be miserable because I kind of look at it as you find out, you know, the next day when your sewage system doesn't work, you find out that night if your water's not working. You know what I mean? But I would definitely yeah. rather have my water not working it's easier to fix than my sewage system not working because that is nasty yeah. so anyway and this is and this paper i'll just conclude this segment with this point that the paper makes it's really egregious 
there's a small segment seg, uh, section in it that says SARS-CoV-2 nucleocapsid presence in skeletal muscle. They intentionally would not dive deep into the spike protein. Yep. It's just egregious. Yeah, and I think, again, that goes, that goes to a lot of why academia is so far behind because they're Right. They have, they've got both their hands tied behind their back because they're really not allowed to grapple with yep. the true problem, which is the spike. Yeah. And, and so with that, uh, thank you for once again being with us. We'll see you on the other side of, of the break. And uh, on America Out Loud Pulse, Dr. Jordan Vaughn and I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse. I'm Dr. Steve Tankersley with Dr. Jordan Vaughn on iHeartRadio. Uh... Once again, welcome to the new year. This is the first uh, show of the year, and uh, what we're trying to engage in is trying to engage in dialogue, uh, in discussion, in truth, in the other side, who are now in the vast minority of people. I don't know if people heard about it or not, but there was a... uh, A couple of months ago, a Rasmussen poll that showed 53% of Americans uh, believe uh, the va- that um, the shots cause 
significant injury and death. Not only that, less than 5% of people have taken the newest variant of the COVID shots. But let's go back. Let's review the fundamentals of our profession. And let's start with a New England Journal of Medicine article dated June 26, 2020, titled Ensuring Uptake of Vaccines Against SARS-CoV-2. And it was written, uh, the lead author was a uh, Stanford lawyer, Michelle Mello. And what they lay out, it's a two or three page article. And what they lay out are the six criteria. This was before anybody, uh, this was before the COVID shot uh, came out uh, in June of 20. And they were looking around, trying to look around the corner. And they said, here are the six trigger criteria for state COVID-19 vaccination mandates. And remember, states have the authority to mandate things, not the feds, not the WHO. um, But the states are responsible for uh, discussing these issues and coming up with their policies and laws and rules. And they said these six criteria must be met, but overarching all of these criteria is the absolute fundamental principle, bedrock principle of our profession. It's called informed consent. And as we know, nobody's received informed consent from these shots because the package insert is blank. And uh, with that, Jordan, you've uh, come across a great article recently that goes right to the heart of this. Yeah, so what seems to have happened here is um, actually a lot of this, actually, the more I dig into it, goes back to a, a legislation probably nobody actually ever realized was put through, but it was called the Cures Act of 2016. And yes, as much as you might be conservative, uh, Donald Trump was a big part of this uh, um, in getting this passed. But part of that was to uh, gain flexibility in regards to the FDA for uh, their regulations and requirements for informed consent. And so interestingly enough, it kind of has been in the background, actually, because uh, unbeknownst to many of you, actually, IRBs in the context of a federal emergency, actually don't necessarily need informed consent, which is one of the ways that I think they might have backdoored a lot of this crazy stuff to begin with. Um, I was not aware of that either, that that's one of the areas that informed consent can be waived um, for certain kind of, you know, anyway, requirements for emergency are met. Um, But now they're going to basically adjust the need for FDA requirements for IRBs to have informed consent. And so what that basically means, and I'll read it to you here from the actual Federal Register, which is where all these laws are made. But in the Federal Register of November 15th, 2018, FDA issued a proposed rule to revise our informed consent regulation at Part 50 to permit an IRB to waive or alter certain informed consent elements or to waive the requirement to obtain 
informed consent under limited conditions for certain FDA-regulated minimal risk clinical investigations. As described in the proposed rule, FDA's current regulations governing the protection of human subjects requires that a human subject or the subject's legally authorized representative provide informed consent before the subject participates in a clinical investigation and only allow exception for the general requirement in certain life-threatening situations or the presidential waiver or when requirements for emergency research are met. So interestingly enough, it's funny that I guess they didn't need to do this law over the last four years because we've been in an emergency. But um, informed consent basically is, uh, you know, they're basically saying as long as it meets these criteria, uh, they don't need informed consent. And so that says, number one, the research involves no more than minimal risk to the subjects. Seems like a very subjective um, uh, analysis. Uh, I mean, I imagine most people would assume vaccine trials are probably minimal risk to subjects. Of course, that's what they've been telling us. Uh, Research could not practically be carried out without the requested waiver. So here's the funny thing is, uh, one of the other criteria is we need the we need you to waive your right to informed consent because we can't do the research without your waiver, which probably is an interesting um, an interesting issue in itself. And then uh, the a waiver or alteration will not adversely affect the rights and welfare of the subjects. So again, it's somewhat circular here, but the um, the basic context of this is kind of looking at way, getting rid of one of our core institutions. The funny thing is, is the Federal Register actually, maybe they're required to do this, actually gives us a cost benefit here to the FDA um, uh, to the tune of multiple, multiple millions of dollars. So the estimated cost, you know, you know, benefit are probably going to be, uh, you know, savings are going to be pretty reasonable. Again, I will tell you, doing clinical trials myself, um, the paperwork and informed consent aspect of this is a big part of it because you want the patient to know exactly what they're signing up for. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest issues here. But the more, and I think this is one thing me and you need to do, Stuart, is go back and look at this 2016 Cures Act because there's a lot of stuff in here as I was reading all the different areas because it it refers back to this Care- Cures Act as why they have to do it. So when this thing was signed into law in December of 2016, they amended a lot of sections on requirements of informed consent. And now, just now, are they updating exactly the rulemaking process? Now, one of the problems I think most of us have with the current way the federal government is run is what generally happens is you make these kind of broad statements about things. And then what we would call bureaucrats in the offices of actual HHS or uh, FDA or CDC come along and then they take that, what they would call a law, and they put rules around that law. Most of us would assume that most laws are actually what they say. Instead, what has kind of now become, because our bureaucracy is so bloated, is Congress writes what I would, I would say chapters, the chapter name, and the rest of the chapter is filled out with the bureaucrats' uh, thoughts and purposes uh, to whatever they w- desire. And we see that all the time in these, what we would call, uh, large agencies. So, yeah. And that's uh, probably the biggest problem in our country um, from a governmental perspective is 
the abuses of our government when the legislature is not taking their roles and responsibilities seriously and they're allowing the agencies to make these unbelievable laws. And what's so tragic about all this, which is not unexpected, there is great loss of confidence and faith in our governmental system. And it is imploding around us as we speak. And I think COVID was the uh, final straw that revealed all of that because they have abandoned principles of fundamental science. And if they can do that, they can, in their political science realm, do the same without regard for repercussions. And, um, and it, 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 interestingly enough, this Cures Act that was enacted quite, you know, within the first year of the Trump administration, um, there's an interesting thing in here, the Section 3088, clarifying Food and Drug Administration's emergency use authorization. Um, so I think, give me some time to dive into this, but it's interesting how much vaccine access, certainty, innovation, and then uh, clarifying and changing emergency use authorization was done. And again, I may be getting a little conspiratorial here, but um, it's just interesting that it lines up with all, you know, a lot of it also had to do with clarifying BARDA's contracting authority, right? Uh, right. medical countermeasure innovation. Right. Whoever actually sat down and thought this out, uh, I mean, again, I'm not saying that. No, no, um, I am. Uh, And I'm not saying it because of conspiracy. It is a conspiracy. I'm not uh, saying it out of uh, theory. I'm saying it, and the reason I'm saying it with such conviction is because of the evidence that has been revealed by people like uh, David Martin, the, uh, the patent attorney expert who has worked for our federal government for decades. This is the guy that has spoken to multiple parliaments. He gave a wonderful presentation for people that, aren't, that are unknowing of this. This expert in patent law uh, gave an expert uh, testimony to the EU uh, parliament last uh, spring or summer. And he said, unfortunately, it was 20 years ago this uh, year that I sat in this same chair telling you what was coming our way, which because of the manipulations of the gain-of-function stuff that was ongoing then, this was 20 years ago, that uh, this is where we were going to be binding ourselves. The patents confirm that it is not a theory. And so uh, there is a lot of nefarious, evil things going on that have been planned for for decades, and we can ignore it at our own peril like we've done the last four years. Yeah, and, I'm, you know, this goes back to how thankful I am for people like the Bregans and people like that that are digesting and breaking down. I mean, sometimes I think just keeping up with what's written by our bureaucracy, the laws that are written would probably take three or four full-time equivalents um, in terms of just jobs. Uh, But it's funny when you read into this, of course, they make the laws hard to read because they're just adjusting commas and bullcrap like that on the public health uh, work. But when you get into what the clarification of the FDA EUA is, um, they're opening it up to be able to utilize it more. And I bet if we dig into it, there's some uh, intention here to how it was utilized for us. Does that make sense? 
And yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned the Bregans, who are part of America Out Loud Pulse. They do a, uh, one of these uh, presentations uh, shows every week with us, and they had a great show last week just on this issue uh, regarding um, uh, a psychiatrist out of uh, New Zealand. And this guy, Dr. Garcia, was made an example of in New Zealand uh, by their government because he absolutely would not shut up about informed consent. There is no way to morally justify the the, um, reversal and the rejection and the um, uh, withdrawal of the need for informed consent in modern-day medicine. It is evil. And uh, that's what our government has become, apparently. And there's no other way to acknowledge it, to uh, state it, because I think it's undeniable. But this is evil. Withdrawing, the, changing the definition of informed consent so you don't have to have it. And the laws, changing the laws. Uh, there's no way to justify it. And um <laughs> I remember when uh, we were asking for it, I was on, as you've heard the story about me being on the uh, vaccine working group, and one of the first uh, meetings, people were saying, now, when are we going to get this informed consent to give out to people? After This was after the rollout of the shots. And we were sworn to by the state health officer who was in charge of the vaccine working group. And he was saying, oh, it's coming. You're expecting another week or two, another week or two. Well, here we are, and it's never been released. And uh, for people, once again, that aren't familiar with our side, the Pfizer internal confidential document to the FDA 5.3.6, they knew this by the end of February of 2021, 10 weeks after it came out, the vaccine came out. They knew the dangers implicit in these shots. The evidence is undeniable. It was part of our expert testimony witness in the federal hearing in March of 22. Um, This is undeniable what they've done, and it could have been avoided had we maintained fundamental principles like informed consent. Exactly. So with that, this is uh, Dr. Jordan Bond, Dr. Stuart Tankersley with America Out Loud Pulse. Always one beat ahead. We will see you next week.